What up, Survivors? Welcome to D180, the horror movie podcast, taking you on a ride. Thanks for linking up with us. I'm AJ. And I am Johnny. And do you know what today is? <laughs> it's our anniversary. Oh, I'm in the smooth body bro it was first of all it was us snapping together for me we didn't even plan that we really did it uh-uh you know what girl i miss y'all survivors how you been it's been a little weird like i'm like oh i'm not doing anything today it's sunday so they're recording right yeah no and the crazy part is it really hasn't been that long it just feels like it's been that long i mean to y'all is really gonna be a long time because um last time y'all heard us was tops and bottoms that was like in the beginning of october it's the end of the month now yep yo time flying long and i'm just like october why and october is just being such a pearl such a peach like me duh and i'm just like why are you rushing honey like where are you going away from here clearly uh, clearly i'm just like okay look <laughs> all right all right all right all right if you haven't already make sure you go back and listen to that tops and bottoms episode where we ranked ours and your top and bottom episodes and it was some shocked moments up in there because let me tell you something your list some of it i was like okay and a lot of it i was like are you kidding me my list yes oh <laughs> I mean, I got some text off of that list, but they weren't too bad. But it was just like the thing for me, I guess I forget that we literally have done so many episodes <laughs> in this first season, yeah. right? And when we were naming off the movies, I was just like, oh, wow. Because, you know, we did our list pretty much ahead of time, kind of. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't looked at it in a while. And I also really just like, once we do the movies, it's just like, boop. Just like when you take a test, it's just like in one ear, in the brain, boop, out the other ear as soon as you're done. But I was like, oh, we did Piranha, huh? Yeah, oh, I keep very detailed notes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have all it written down, but it's just like, you know, it's not until I go back and reflect on it that I'm like, oh, yeah, we did. This was fun. Like, boom, 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 boom. But I mean, if you want to know how it was, y'all just don't have to go back to that episode. But as we were saying, it has really been a long time. Unless you are an exclusive survivor that's been riding with us all over on Patreon. I know that's right. We are very thankful for you, okay? You know, I... um haven't gotten a chance to listen to some of the Patreon episodes because I'm behind in life. <laughs> listen, you know, it's funny because I was about to ask you, what have you watched lately? But before I do, if you haven't gotten into our Patreon yet, we got a couple tiers. Y'all can check all that down in the show notes. I'm not going to do that right now. But I'm talking VHS 94. I know what you did last summer. The Chucky series and the most anticipated and annoyingly a hassle to upload, Halloween Kills. So if you want to know what my perspective was on it, you can go check us out there. Time out. October has been so good to be a horror fan. I know we're pretty much late talking about this because by this time, like everything has pretty much come out, except for um, Last Night in Soho. That comes out like more towards the end of the week. But it's been a lot coming out, and I feel like I've been drowning in content. Girl, I've been drowning in life. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I'm trying. So, okay. So I started a new contract um, last week. Mm -hmm. So I am like cut off from the world all day, every day. So when I get home from work, I've literally just been dying at 830 every night. So Friday, I finally got to sit down to catch up on shows that I've watched. So, you know, Killer Camp season two has come out. I watched the first episode. I'm behind already because uh-uh. I know the second episode <laughs> has already come out. Um, I don't know how I feel about it so far. I know vast difference from what we talked about. Uh-huh. Um, let I don't know if you've seen Legends of Hidden, Hidden Temple has come out. No, I didn't. Yep. So that airs on Sundays. So I watched the first episode of that. It was cute and very nostalgic for me. Um, what else? My CW shows are coming back. I watched the first episode of Chucky. A guy, a, a blessing. Blessing. Yes. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Um, and then my movies for 31 Days of Rides. Now, y'all, I tried. <laughs> I, <laughs> I tried. I made it to day 12. <laughs> but not even like on day like watch day 12 on day 12 no i did not watch day 12 on day 12 so it is the day recording is day 19 and i still haven't watched the day 13 movie yet oh so i'm gonna try (laughs) girl i'm so behind oh it's okay i'm going to try (laughs) you need another virtual hug from us okay yeah i'm going to try i'm going to try i am calm but I watched, uh, for my first time watched, I watched Your Next. I watched uh, Train to Busan, Ooh. which we talked about. Oh my gosh, we did talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I watched uh, Tamara. My, first of all, first of all, that's so funny because the Tamara DVD is sitting on my bed right now. Because it just came <laughs> in like two weeks ago. And usually what I do, I'm like a child when I get a new DVD or a new anything. I usually like have it with me around the house just like looking at it for whatever fucking reason that I do that and it's sitting right here but it's because I have a stack of DVDs right here because I actually have the movie that we're talking about today but before we talk about that because obviously that's why y'all are here um 31 days let me tell you something I I kind of be in a mixed bag so I was going to do what you did as well and i do try to tackle a lot of movies that i haven't watched but some movies you know i just set myself up to be like you know what i'm in the mood for this so i'm gonna do this but let me tell you something what night was it okay so zombies i watched night of the living dead the original one that was my first time seeing it and like i said it was spoiled for me but the thing about it was i just hadn't seen how it went down just like the mist so i went into it still was shook by everything that was going on. I tweeted about that, so you can check that out on our Twitter. (laughs) Then the night after that, I can't remember what the theme was exactly, but I watched Sugar Hill and I was blown away. I was like, first of all, Marky B is gorgeous. Then the whole concept of the story, I was just in to it. So if you haven't seen Sugar Hill, I don't know where else it can fit in on 31 days, if it can fit in because I'm not looking at it directly right now, but I'm pretty sure you can make something work. Get into that one. And I mean, even if it's not 31 days, but if you do want to participate in 31 days, you can just hit us up on our Insta. It's somewhere on the timeline. You can just jump in. Even if you didn't start from the top, it's fine. It's whatever. Ain't nobody You can play catch up like me. 
Because I feel like I'm going to be watching 31 days until no, up until Christmas at this point. Right. <laughs> Y'all going to get it. But I mean, like, you know, you know who's been killing it. And then I'm going to move on. But I just cannot. Every single year, I am so amazed by AMC. They just be on it. And I just be having a good time. Like, AMC has just been on in my house. Everything's beautiful. Then when I'm not watching that, I went to the theater to see Kills. But like I said, if y'all want to know how I felt about it, John ain't seen it yet, so. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Don't kill me. Y'all got to go to Patreon to see how I felt about that. You, season three. Ooh. I haven't seen that yet either. I'm just, that's me. all I'm going to say. Oh. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. I know. I'm telling you guys, I have a long laundry list. I promise I'm going to get to it, okay? <laughs> I promise. I know what you did last summer on Prime. That's, that's on my list too. But I am in the Chucky franchise is thriving, honey. Baby boy got new ginger, French, cognac, inches. You see it. You see how it's looking. Oh my gosh. Baby got a new <laughs> body. Honey, do you see? Ugh. Ugh. Halloween. Oh my gosh. Man, eat your heart out. This is how a franchise do. Okay? Wow. Right, let, me start talk- let me stop talking shit. Somebody, <laughs> I know somebody's probably like. Actually, <laughs> I, speaking of Halloween, what? I I know it's not like really related, related, but I watched um season of the witch the other night. Oh, how did you like it? The best one in the franchise. I, how did you like that it? was the one that I watched for technical difficulties. I I I really enjoyed it. See, hmm. and I wasn't saying I, that you know, as in you wouldn't. I was talking to the people who don't appreciate that movie because it's so. It's just so crazy. I enjoyed it. I was in here laughing. Jamming to the little song. Hey, Marcus, to Halloween, Halloween. It's the Halloween twerk song. Is it not? It's going to pop up. It's going to pop up on, um, somewhere on my social media between now and Halloween. It's just, I love it. Exactly. I love it. Mm. Every time. Okay, let's stop messing with y'all. Let's get to the point, y'all. <laughs> For our anniversary episode, so every year that you hang out at the park, every anniversary episode, we decided that we're going to tackle the Final Destination movies, right? So if you haven't seen Final Destination, I don't know how, it's been 21 years. It's on HBO Max. Yes, it's on HBO Max, and that's it, okay? Then else, at the moment, I mean, you know, who knows when they got all five. All five. All fucking Five of those bad boys. I just so happened to own the DVD and I went ahead and I got into like, you know, all the background deleted scenes and stuff like that. And it's crazy, like a lot of this stuff I knew already. And it's just like, um, it's kind of weird to get more insight on the things that you already know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you actually get a more clear story of what's happening. But before we get into all of that, we got to do park recommendations of course it's our anniversary episode but i just couldn't help myself so with these movies these are like in the gray area of horror okay like both of these movies after me up one of them i saw way too young the other one i saw recently and it just it just messed me up for good the first one is donnie darko 2001 jesus let me tell you something okay so johnny do you remember back in Easter when I posted like that bunny and it said happy Easter was on the like Ladies page? Was it like a deranged looking bunny? Yes. That's where that is from. 
I know? feel like my subconscious blocked it out, but I know and, what you're talking and about. And I, I have only seen Donnie Darko one time, and I was like 25, and I am still in shambles over this movie. I, I can't bring myself to watch it again. I really want to watch it again, but I just can't because it just, it messed me up real bad. But it it's similar to this movie that we're talking about today, obviously. The second one, I just saw this one way too young. My mom brought this home. She, you know, we had a movie night, a girls night, and she just figured it'd be a good idea to show me this movie. And it was not, I was, I lost sleep over the butterfly effect i believe it came out in 2004 with ashton kutcher and i really Smart. enjoyed that movie Girl, i don't know I, what age i was but i thoroughly enjoyed it it's a good movie like i'm not gonna hold you it's a good movie but girl that movie messed me up and i think i i think that's another one i've only seen no 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 no. i've watched that again afterwards but i know i ain't seen it more than three times i know that maybe not even two <laughs> Cause no, like, tell no. Mm-mm. Okay, let's move past it. <laughs> you remember your first time seeing the movie we're talking about today, Final Destination? No. Same. I really do not. Same. I just realized it was there one day. And I know it had to be with my mom. Cause my mom, yeah, around that age, my mom was the one who was introducing me to everything. I honestly I, I can't think- recall. I'm trying to figure out was this one of, I had to have seen this before I seen the second one. Like I all the other ones, I remember when and where I saw them. This one, just like you said, I have no idea. I just know this movie exists and it always did and I always liked it. Right. <laughs> and it's it's so weird that for me personally that I like this movie so much, considering um some of the circles that I run in. Like this movie, this movie was so close to not being made. Just think about it. It came out in 2000, right? 2001, had it came out that year? Yeah. I mean, it depends on the timing because this came out in March. So had it came out March 2001, it would have been like, I don't know what would have been the fate of this movie had it came out in 2001 beforehand but definitely if it didn't come out yet like literally like first of all you had Aaliyah who unfortunately passed in a plane crash and then you had the Twin Towers and the Pentagon just the whole 9-11 that that they just would have had to x out the entire thing speaking of x and out this whole movie Originally was intended for a script on X Files. Seriously? Mm-hmm. So, like, one of the, um, I believe he is a screenplay writer. His name is Jeffrey Reddick. He was just like on a plane, and he was reading the newspaper, and he just saw somebody, like, a little article about somebody having a premonition, and they ended up getting off their plane, and something did go wrong with the plane. Like, he didn't say what went wrong. I don't think it was like a crash or anything. Like, something just went wrong, but. He just took that like story he got from the article and just went on from there. And I was like, huh. Inspiration always catches you at the weirdest times. Okay. Remember you was talking about Stephen King in the grocery store? I'm telling you though, no, 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 for real. The grocery store, that's like a think tank. For real, for real. I be doing choreography <laughs> in the grocery store. I'm dead serious. You ain't never danced in the grocery store. Not like for real, but like in your head. I be coming up with some tight stuff. No, in the I be section. for real. I be like, okay. Hmm. I don't know. We were on... um. Brigade. 
I'll be in the grocery store doing choreo while I'm sitting there thinking about what I'm about to put in the cart. Exactly. Like, that's just the best, like, that's the therapy think tank place, like, for anybody, I feel like. You just be contemplating what I'm going to eat tonight, but I'm also working on my skills. Just see. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Back to it. Anyway, <laughs> James Wong is the director of this movie, not to be confused with James Wan, but this is based on a screenplay by Wong Glenn Morgan and Jeffrey Reddick, the latter who developed the story, which I just told you about a few seconds ago. So the next thing is check this out. And I didn't know this until like a few weeks ago, but this originally was going to be called Flight 180, like the movie. I don't think anybody would have watched it if they had that title. Exactly. So New Line, a.k.a. the house that Freddie built, <laughs> came in and suggested that, you know, they was like, okay, that name gives more action, drama, like, you know, that's what it feel like. It don't feel like no horror movie. I need to name it like something else. So they came up with Final Destination and here we are. I'm glad because I am too. And I mean, not to like, <laughs> now I'm just saying like, our name D180, but you know that D bit. Like, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, and no, I was for real though. Not the players, because when I read it, I was like, "Flight 180, Destination 180," and then I just had that moment like, "Dang, is that how her name sound? Does it sound like that? Y'all need to let us know. Y'all would be survivors. Don't be phony. Y'all gonna tell us shit before we get out this marketing. I'm just playing. <laughs> I think I I think our name is fine. Okay. Oh, I do too. Exactly. Okay, up yours with a twirling lawnmower. Okay, anyway, I quit. I'm hyped. A twirling lawnmower? You don't know what movie that's from? No. So it's from A Nightmare on Elm Street, and anybody that I be around, they will tell you that I say that to everybody. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Up yours with a twirling lawnmower. And I say it just like that. <laughs> okay, but anyway, okay, we come on. We got to be serious. Let's go. <laughs> I know y'all probably out there like, damn, y'all can't do nothing. Y'all just always be doing something. But what y'all supposed to be doing? But it's okay. The main... That's what y'all here for. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so our main cast, we got Devin Sawa, who plays Alex Browning. You know, they wanted Toby McGuire to be Alex Browning. I was like, huh? I don't see that. I don't see that. I'm just like, mm, just wait, because I got another one for you. But Devin was in casper idle hands little giants and he is currently in the chucky series and looking great might i add y'all know how i feel about Devin, so there that is but <laughs> <laughs> i'm just like mm, yes then we have ali larder who plays clear rivers you know and they wanted kirsten dunst for this part and i'm just like toby Maguire, kirsten dunst like this feels like are y'all trying to remake Spider-Man? Yeah, like that. Mm, I don't. This would have changed the whole vibe of the movie. I don't. I don't see that. Uh-uh. That don't work for me. But Allie is in Obsessed. Spoiler alert for um, the Final Destination franchise. She's in the sequel. So see you next year, bitch. Resident Evil franchise. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Legally Blonde and House on Honey Hill. Chad E. Donella, who plays Todd Wagner. Brendan Fair, who plays George Wagner. So, originally, they were supposed to be sisters in the story, right? 
So, you know, Alex is just going to have a girl. I mean, I guess they was going to be friends, I guess. I don't know. But they were supposed to be sisters, right? They wanted Brandy to be the sister that lived. And I'm just like, now, why didn't that get approved? I don't know. I think the movie would have been different. And I don't know if I would have, like, I don't know how I would have felt about that. But I'm just like, now, where's that script? Right. I was just like, and they, like, when I heard them say this out their mouth, I was just like, are you kidding me? What happened? Why did we not? I just want to know what the dynamic would have been. I mean, she still would have got killed, though. But I'm just curious. But I guess. Next is Kerr Smith, who plays Carter Horton. This is his second appearance in the park. You remember him from Bloody Valentine? Which The, the 09 one? Mm-hmm. He was Axel. He was Axel. <laughs> I was looking at him like, he looked familiar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was him. I just couldn't place him. <laughs> no, that happened to me all the time. I'll be like that Leonardo DiCaprio mean that, mm, mm. I'll be just like that. Like, that's what's his face. But yeah, you know, he up in a whole bunch of TV shows, Dawson Creek, Char, and Riverdale, all that shit. So then you have Kirsten Cloak as Val Luton. She was in a Black Christmas remake. And you got Sean William Scott, Billy Hitchcock, Stifler. The American Pie franchise dude, Where's My Car? Y'all know him. Amanda Demter as Terry Cheney, Daniel Roebuck as Agent Wayne. And like when you see him, you know him because he's a Disney dad. I feel like he's a Disney dad in a whole bunch of movies or a whole bunch of kid movies. You know who I'm talking about? Oh, him. You know, I was thinking about the other one. Mm-mm. No, that's Rhodey. something too. That's Rhodey. That's Roger G. Smith, Agent Shrek, before Shrek came out. That's kind of funny that that, like, they're not even spelled <laughs> the same, but it's still kind of funny. But this is also his second appearance in the park because he was in Tales from the Hood as Rhodey. That's what he was in because I was looking at him too, like, where mm-hmm. are you from? He's also in Ease Bayou, School Days, Do the Right Thing, All About the Benjamins. He'd be in a lot of stuff, but yeah, that's him. And then I. I would be, uh, I would be disgusted if I did not mention the reason why we really here, motherfucking Tony Todd as William Bloodworth, Beehive Security himself, your mama's favorite, okay? Period. So about these characters, all of the actual like character names, majority of them are an homage to a horror film director. So for example, Alex Browning and Todd Wagner, is a combination of Todd Browning and Todd Browning, he created Dracula. Terry Chaney, Lon Chaney, Billy Hitchcock, Alfred Hitchcock, Psycho, Vertigo, all those movies. George Wagner is, they literally didn't change his name, the director's name is George Wagner. He created Wolfman. Then Valerie Luton, Val Luton, who did like a bunch, like John A, like a bunch of low budget films in the 40s like with the crazy ass posters that look like comics 40s yes Ooh. the 40s <laughs> then the french teacher mr Murnau. he's um his comes from fw Murnau. then it's a whole bunch of other ones that's like different ones it's like pay attention like they didn't name like people like craven carpenter romero guillermo they didn't like do like that they did like older directors and stuff so it's like, yeah. you know, like that but then yeah, attention. the other thing is originally these characters were going to be adults that didn't know each other at all because this was the post screen era though. They was like, no, we're going to make them teens. And they was like, okay, but we don't want to make them teens. They was like, uh, no, we're going to make them teens. 
And then they was like, okay, well, can we make them smart teens and not just dumbasses? And they was like, okay, that cool. We can just run with that. And you know, it's spoiler alert. The second movie, you pretty much get that because that movie is full of adults. You know, a few, it's a wide age range because you do have a teenager involved that really don't know each other that this happens to. But I mean, in this first movie, if they were all adults, I don't think you would have the same connection to it that you do. I think making it a teen slasher, because it was the post-scream era, albeit this being 2000, so it's the new millennium, I think it works better for the movie. Yeah, I don't I don't know if we would have connected really to it if it was adult. Exactly. So you know how when movies come out, usually they do like test screenings with the audience to see what might work, what doesn't work, or basically, you know, audience opinions. They'll like literally give them like a survey and everything, asking them different questions. Yeah. So when they did the ones for these, um, Bob Shea, who's the chairman of New Line, he like attended a few of them and, you know, was reading them. I mean, like usually a lot of people that's involved, like the main core, they get to read them. But, you know, he was there watching the reaction of the people to the movie. So it was a few different versions of this movie that was going to come out, right? So there originally was a side plot between Alex and Claire, and they were supposed to like fall in love. And what ended up happening is they had Alex die in the original version. And Claire was going to get pregnant and have a baby. And the baby was named Alexander Chance Browning. Out of all things, the baby was born on May 13th 2001 at 9.25 a.m. If you don't know what that means now, you'll understand a little bit later when we get into it. They love the numbers. Listen, so how the movie ends up ending is Claire and Carter meet at the memorial, the you know, the Flight 180 memorial, and there's a leaf that falls down. Like, they have this little moment, like, talking about how they survived and blah, 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 blah. And sorry, Alex didn't get to see the baby. And she's like, no, he's always here. Because now, you know, the wind that goes around is death. Yeah. It's a wind that goes around her, but she knows it's Alex. Like, it does no. different things. Right. And you, I don't know if you remember, but there's a scene in the movie when Alex is walking to Claire's house before he's about to ask her, like, why was she at Todd's house? And the leaf yeah. just falls in front of him. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the movie, the same thing happens to clear. Like there's a leaf and you're supposed to know that that's like not the same leaf from earlier, but you're supposed to know like that's that. Oh. Yeah. They made it real TLC drama. Like the scene, <laughs> like you should see the scene of her. There's deleted scenes of like her finding out that she's pregnant with the pregnancy test. It's the scene, like, when they was on the beach, that's when they was going to do their little sexy time. That's when the baby was conceived, all that stuff. Like, it's a lot. And I was like, I'm glad y'all cut that out, because hell, no. And then people also didn't like that Alex died and Carter lived. So they went back, and they did a reshoot. It was about $2 million for a six-day reshoot. And what they did was what we got. And when they went to go test screen it, it got a 50% higher score than a previous cut. Well, I'm glad that they decided to do that because if they had that other ending, we try. I just like, it was, when I say it was so like, the ending scene was like real bright Vaseline filter, like Claire has like blonde hair now and it's like all pinned up out of her face. And you know a woman when she pins her hair out of her face, 
she's confident and da da da. I was like, oh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> so there is a lot going on with this movie, but I figured the best way to tackle it will be when we're actually talking about the movie. So with that being said, we skipping the queue line. We got the fast pass on y'all ass and we getting straight into the movie. So hold on uh -oh. tight, y'all. It is the moment y'all been waiting for. When we come back, we are going to be talking about 2000's Final Destination. I got this feeling. It's a weird feeling. The cabin starts to shake, right? And, and the, the left side blows up and then the whole plane just explodes. We get thrown off the plane all because Browning has a bad dream. <sighs> I saw it. The plane, it's gonna blow up, it's gonna blow up. All 287 passengers are feared dead. Because of you, I'm still alive. There are no accidents. No coincidences. And no escapes. Did it happen again? Did you see Todd die? What if it was our time? What if we were not meant to get off that plane? What if there is a design? Then it's not finished. By walking off the plane, you're cheating death. You have to figure out when it's coming back at you. What do you got now? He knows which one of us is next. You have a responsibility to tell me. I knew I should have hit on Tammy in the pool that time. I'm gonna let it happen, okay? <gasps> Nobody has control over life and death. Unless they are taking lives and causing death. Can you promise me that no one else is going to die? Get I'll see you soon. So how do you feel about this 2000s trailer? Why the fuck was it so long? Watch your profanity. <laughs> the first half of it is just the opening incident and then the rest of it is like... Is this nigga having premonitions or what? What's happening? Is something or somebody really after them? Like, what's, what's going on? Because you know what? I didn't say this earlier, but I might as well say this now. Originally, they didn't know what they were going to do with death. You know how in this franchise, like, people have their theories and speculations about death. And I'll jump into that like, yeah. later, later. But when they first created this movie, they didn't know if they wanted Death to be like an actual Grim Reaper, like a slasher, an entity, or like, and it's still like remnants. Like when you pay attention to the movie, like super heavy, you can see like psych things. Like now that you know that you like, oh, so this is why this happened. Or like even the moments, like, you know how we get the wind through the movie or we see like the dark literal dark shadows like before something yeah. happens like that like they were still trying to figure it out but as far as this trailer like I mean I really don't know how to judge it 
because you know the plane's gonna crash so it's just kind of like that's not that's not the point of the movie but I don't really know how I feel about the trailer I'm leaning towards I don't like it but when do I ever like a trailer (laughs) I don't know Y'all can watch the trailer if y'all dare, but if you dare, as long as hell, if you dare, as long as hell. Oh no! But and it gives it gives away a lot of the movie, not so much, but it does give away two kills. Well, besides the plane blowing up, right? We get into our opening scene, and as I mentioned earlier, this movie is packed with foreshadowing and clues and hints which is i mean it's pretty much the entire point of the movie is to follow the signs but to run down a few in this opening scene you got the hanging figure in the very beginning that foreshadows todd's death the fan which pops up a lot like this fan got some screen time in this movie (laughs) in multiple places but that's basically like you know the plane turbine like you know then there's a book that's the book of a salesman that's in Alex's room and in Ms. Luton's house. The history lesson that like flips through the beginning of the book with the guillotine that hints at Billy's death. And then on the final page, when it says this is the end, that's painted on Jim Morrison's. I don't know if you know who that is, but he's a singer. That's painted on his tomb. And the thing about the thing about it is he passed in Paris and they're going to Paris. That's creepy. They, when I tell you, girl, I have things to tell you about this movie because some of the stuff they was doing in this movie, even though this is my favorite and it's like number two franchise, I, I'm just like, some stuff y'all was doing, y'all was kind of wrong. Like, I just, I'm happy this movie came out with it did and it didn't come out later and it actually did get a green light, which probably wouldn't have because had y'all pulled some of that, I would have been upset about it, but <clears throat> we move on. Alex is getting ready for a trip. So his class, they going off to Paris. Mrs. Browning, his mom, comes in to tell him that George and Todd's daddy will be taking them to the airport. For the trip, Alex's dad loaned him his own suitcase and his mom goes to take the previous flight tag off. Alex stops her saying she has to keep that on, you know, for good luck. And this hoe rips it off. Like, ma'am, would it have hurt you to leave that tag on there? No, it wouldn't have, but mama's got a mama. Exactly. Dad goes on to give Alex a speech about his adventure in Paris and just in general having his whole life ahead of him. And you know what? Let's stop right here. I really do keep my flight tags on. I don't take them off until I get back into the airport for my next flight. I take them off before I leave the house to go to the airport. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I get so it. it's like, I'm about to run out the door because nine times out of 10, my ass is running late. So I'm about to run out the door and I'm like, oh shit, I forgot to take this tag off. So I take it off at the house only because I know that like those tags kind of still carry personally identifiable information on it. And I'm not about to be throwing that shit away in the airport. Who knows who goes to trash cans? Never thought about that. That is true. New perspective. But I think I'm still stick with my airport trashing. I'm just probably going to stick them in my pocket now or in my person and dispose them later. (laughs) But even the way 
the dad delivers that little whole life ahead of you thing. Why did he deliver it like that? It was so creepy. Like they knew, like they made a deal with the devil for their firstborn son or something. And they knew like this was about to happen. And honestly, you know what? Let's just go there. This is all Alex's mom's fault. Because her ass was so quick to take that tag off. Just rude. Like, honestly, think about it, Nay. What if she didn't rip the tag off? Like, what if she had left it there? What if that was the inciting events to all of this? That would be so weird. <laughs> okay. And nobody ever thought about that. Like, you know, I'm just saying, like, you could have left that on. Probably would have changed some stuff. I don't know. But late in the midnight. After that, it got real, real creepy. Look. With all the signs and wonders. Mm-hmm. So late in the midnight hour, death is just calling Alex, waking him up, but he goes back to sleep. So, you know, that transition when we look at the clock and it goes from 1 a.m. to 1.80 on the flight board. Yeah. Why did that take them five days to film and get it right? I can see that because that somebody crazy. probably wasn't paying attention. That is nuts. Like five days. That's wild. Definitely can see that. So Just like me. You know how like people try to like take pictures when their car odometer reaches like certain mileage? Yeah. I like to do that because I like numbers that are like real I like repeating numbers. So my ass was trying to get like when I hit when I hit my hundred thousand miles in my car, I was like, man, I'm gonna take a picture. I was paying attention to the road and missed it and then it popped up like a hundred thousand to one and that was man so yeah them people probably wasn't paying attention something was going on for all that it's now may 13th 1999 that sounds so crazy saying that like that's just so wild <laughs> i hate that i really hate that for us because it's just like hmm. <laughs> a group of 46 people from rocky mountain high school are headed to paris out of gate 46 this stroll through the airport introduces everyone that we need to know for the most part. So, you know, we meet Todd, Terry Chaney, who's dating Carter. We meet their teacher, Val Luton. We meet Billy Hitchcock. We meet Clear. We already met Alex. So, boom, there's everybody. Alex goes in to check in with the flight attendant, and he's distracted by this little flight board. But here's the thing. Alex's birthday is September 25th, 925. He's a Libra, might I add. But anyway, his flight leaves at 9.25. Even the seat on his plane is row I, seat 25. I is the ninth letter in the alphabet. I'm like, y'all was being real super detailed with this. And it's kind right. of freaking me out a little bit. They know about that numerology. They do. <laughs> and I'm, I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm into it. And that's why it scares me. But <laughs> you know that travel board I mentioned a minute ago? Yeah. Y'all, I did not learn until I viewed the DVD little behind the scene commentary. That's a whole computer CGI board. I didn't dare know that. I thought that was a real board. I think at one point in life, they were real. <laughs> but uh... no, I'm saying like. That's what I'm saying. Real. Like at that time, I'm saying it probably wasn't real no what i'm saying is they were trying to emulate an actual board they couldn't do oh. that 
So that whole board that you're looking at is not a real board. It's a computer screen. You just oh. think it's a board because it looks that good. Yeah, I thought it was real. Yeah, like I thought it was real, especially because it keeps cutting to it. And especially like, you know, he's seeing the words departed, terminal, all those like crazy ass words. And when you look at terminal, the little like spring pops up. I thought that was a real spring. That's a whole computer, girl. <laughs> I and I went back and looked at it and I'm staring and it's like the way they shot it the light is shooting up so it looks like uh, as you know when you go to a um when you go to a flight when you go to an airport and you're looking at your flight board for the departures and arrivals like sometimes they got that light in front of it depending on where it is so you can see and like the shadow like it looks crazy I didn't dare know that that was a computer screen but I'm just like wow I was blown away but on the gate 46 we get into more characters. George and Todd, definitely brothers. They shove in each other. Your brothers do that? Yes, they shove each other. But not like too crazy. <laughs> they're they're nice. Now growing up, my God, Caleb used to beat the hell out of Christian. Sheesh, I could see that. And then Christian would just be so nice. Aww. <laughs> Aww. I know. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Clear is just in her own world. First of first of all, it's fine to join your own world, honey. But why are you looking at photos of the crash of Princess Diana's? Like what? Just in a book at that. Like it's not like you just quick searched it on the cell phone because cell phones wasn't big big yet. But why are you looking at that? Out of all things you could be looking at right now. Then uh, maybe it calms her down. Um Okay, you know what? Okay, I guess this is a good time to do this because I probably should have did this when we talked about this movie and where it came from. Almost every time I take a flight, I watch this movie. Why? I don't know. So it started as a joke. It started as a joke. So when me and Brian, like we weren't dating yet, but I came out here to the East Coast with him. Obviously, I still live in Indiana, but I just came out here for a weekend. Like, we were all, like, it was a group of us. So, um, to be funny, because, I mean, obviously, I was in the horror movies. And we were all at his apartment just hanging out. And I guess they were looking for something to watch. And I was like, ooh, Final Destination, I love that movie. And they turned it on. And they was like, oh, this that movie? No, we about to turn this off. So I was like, no, I want to watch it. I want to watch it. They was like, we are getting on a plane tomorrow. BJ was the only one that wanted to watch it with me and our friends left. <laughs> I would have left too because looking at this, I was like, damn, and I'm supposed to be going on a plane to Paris in May. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's not funny that's not funny y'all know i laugh at uncomfortable situations oh my god (laughs) i turned on this movie and i was like wow i'm going to paris oh no i feel like we gotta like put you in a bubble or something girl we gotta figure it out (laughs) like you've been nice and i was already freaking out because i'm like i've never been on the plane that long so and you know just what I know we haven't gotten to this part yet, but like watching him go have his anxiety at the plane takeoff. Listen, we're gonna talk about that situation. Okay, we're gonna talk about that. But first, can we talk about Carter and Terry just full out making out on the like just not even you know how when we was in high school we was trying to be fast. At least we try to be ducked off or something. She just right. on top of him, like straddling him. Nobody is stopping them, like it's just like. He can whip it out if he wanted to. I'm like, 
They are kids in this airport, sir. Y'all are kids in this airport. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like, okay, when we was younger, we used to think like high schoolers were like the shit, like they was grown. You know what I mean? But then, like, after you come out of high school, and we've had this conversation a number of times, you'd be like, damn, I was a child, and I was doing all of this stuff. Like, who was I? Like, why was I acting like this? Like, you know? And so, being that these are teenagers, and I'm just, like, watching it now, not a teenager anymore, I'm just like, damn, like, nobody stopped them? Like, hmm. Nope. (laughs) Okay, I'm just like, okay, that's fine. Todd convinces Alex to take a poop so Krista and Blake don't have to spill. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'd have been mad if my friend came up to me like, hey, let's go take a shit. I'm looking like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> we taking group poops now? <laughs> that's what we do. No, no, I ain't going with you in that damn bathroom. Like, that's <laughs> a private experience, okay? Like, now, if you would have said something like, come with me to the bathroom because I don't want to walk by myself that's different and then you put that poop stuff on me I probably would have been like yeah but I would have been like you know what I mean I'm in the bathroom anyway so I might as well go to the bathroom but I'm still probably going to be a stall away y'all in the stalls right next to each other (laughs) let's go take a shit nigga what (laughs) during so John Denver's Rocky Mountain High plays over the speakers and Alex realizes that John Denver passed in a plane crash and that's another thing. I'm just like, so y'all just blatantly using this song throughout this movie, knowing this man passed in the plane crash. Like, who said that was okay? That's not okay. I mean, I know what y'all was trying to do, but like, come on, that's somebody's loved one. All's fair in love and Halloween. And then even, okay, so check this out. If you listen, and I should have um, copied it so I can tell you all, but if you listen to the lines of the song Rocky Mountain High, it is loaded with like, not hints, because this movie, I mean, the song came out before the movie, but like, it relates way too hard to the events of this movie. And I'm just like, eh? Yeah, it was a very, you know, I really actually like when movies do that, though. Because, taking it back to Chucky, the soundtrack, while that episode was playing and certain things were happening, I was like, wow, this is so fitting. I love this. <laughs> and I mean, I get that, but I just think like, I think because me being an Aaliyah fan, I would have been so offended had they been playing like her songs. Like, you know, as much as I'd be saying I want her yeah. songs involved in a horror movie, I don't want it like that. Like, that's like damn like you ain't gotta like remind us like that like I get what you trying to do we ain't gotta do it like that so as Alex steps on the plane he looks down and notices a truck passing under them numbered 666 along with that Todd and George look all around the plane with George claiming that a crying baby and a disabled person on board are good times because you got to be an effed up god to take down a plane with these people on it and I'm just like okay now let's just let's talk about this I'm sorry I never, I'm not gonna keep go ahead go ahead no tell me no <laughs> because y'all not canceling me <gasps> okay okay I got you boom Krista <laughs> Krista asks Alex to switch seats with Todd and you know he's like no nah, don't do that and he's like doing a little swipe movement like across his neck which foreshadows his death later but Alex ends up doing so because remember you know 
he was like, this is why we took group poop so we could sit with the girls. Like you was not supposed to switch with me, dude. Like, what are you doing? But Alex switches anyway and pulls down his tray to realize that the knob is broken. Calling the flight attendant that never shows up to help. This is where Ish gets real. The plane takes off. And after what's thought to be turbulence, the plane explodes in the air. I already have enough anxiety when the plane takes off. By that time, I normally be asleep. No, I can't. I cannot go to sleep. Like you people that go to sleep on planes, I am convinced that y'all just content with life. Y'all just like, you know what? I am. (laughs) (laughs) I really am. Oh, no, because I'm like, I have to see. I need to know. I need to be aware because I no, I just need to know. Now, one thing I don't like is being asleep when the plane lands only because one time I was knocked out and I was not ex- I, I was knocked the fuck out. And when the plane landed, it scared the crap out of me because I thought we were dying. Let me so I have to be awake when the plane. I respect the pilots, but some of y'all landing skills, it do be a little bumpy. I'll be like, dang. (laughs) Yeah. It'd be like, fly, boom, boom. I'd be like, damn. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I just, his, I was relating to him and his whole anxiety as the plane was taking off, not because it was taking off, but now that I've had my first experience of having anxiety in the air because I couldn't breathe, I, whoo. I felt his pain. Mm-mm. I just, I, mm-mm. okay, we can just get past. I don't want to talk about that no more because no, but the plane itself was a set, an elevated rig, if you will, but nonetheless. So there were stairs that like assisted, you know, everybody getting in and out. But once they started rolling, they just took away the stairs so the plane could like move back and forth side to side. So even like when it explodes, they had like a crane, like an arm that would like grab the people in their seats and like take them out the plane. So that's kind of like how they oh, shot no. that. And then the city in the back is green. First of all, first of all, time out. Because I didn't say this. The amount of CGI they use in this movie is wild because I didn't know it was CGI. And it blew my mind. Girl, the planes in the airport, none of those are real. Wow. All of them are fake. All the planes Maybe they the just use like fake. stock videos. Like, well, I mean, it was a plane created for the use of the movie, but I'm just like, I thought that was a real ass plane standing in there. Like that whole thing fake, like the whole thing is CGI. And I'm just like, listen, y'all are do y'all like, that's how you do it. Like this movie is 21 years old and I'm just now finding out it's CGI and it still don't look like it. And my mind is just like broken. Cause I'm trying to like find it. Like, where is it? I'm not seeing it, but the part when the man like flies while the plane is like going down and the man comes flying down and that radio comes behind him and like smack tied in the back of the head. That was yeah. real. Oh, <laughs> that was not a stunt. That was not like planned like that, like actually happened and they just kept it. But then even the final scenes of the premonition, those look so good. It's scary. Like when his face is just burning. I know it's not real, but it looks so real. Yeah. I don't really, I don't really like burns. So you don't like Freddy? Is that what you're saying? No, I mean like oh, burns okay. as in oh, okay. actively burning. <laughs> That's scary. So you don't like Cropsy? No, no. don't even answer that. Don't <laughs> answer. 
did we not just go over this during tops and bottoms? <laughs> we just went over this. But suddenly, Alex wakes up to Krista asking him to switch seats. Instantly realizing that he'd been through this and shit is not right, he jumps up to join Todd, pulling the tray down. And of course, the knob is broken. And he instantly goes off. Like, he's like, yeah, yeah, no. And it's other people noticing him too, right? So Mr. Renault was like, Alex, Casca say. And I don't know if you caught it, but this line cracks me up every single time. Alex be like, Casca say, the plane is going to explode. <laughs> <laughs> like it's funnier if you know what Cascasse means in French too <laughs> like he actually used it the right way but um the flight attendant is like I will remove you off of this plane fuck you I'll remove myself bitch yes okay <laughs> leave shit I'm right with you okay now I'm telling you as a passenger I would have took my ass off the plane. I'm like, yeah, I'm going too. Fuck y'all. Listen, if this if this nigga woke up from a dream and talking about some, yeah, I just had to dream the plane die, going down. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going too. I'm like, because yeah, no, I am going, and I'm probably just gonna take my ass home. Yeah, I'm not. I don't. Mm-mm. I don't like that. I don't play them games. In the commotion, George tells Todd to check on Alex. Claire just decides to exit last second, and Billy, who was late to boarding, doesn't even get to his seat. Once they're off the plane, something else I hadn't noticed until now, they are in a completely different gate. And the producers did it on purpose to like show like because they got off the plane, like the a new design is in motion and like everything is different. Like I looked at the gate hmm. before and then looked at the one that they walked into and I was like, it's still gate 46. It's the same gate. But it's literally a whole new gate. Like, it's not like an alternate universe. I was like, now, what the fuck? Like, that's why I like this movie. Because even this whole franchise, okay, that fourth one, we'll get there in our fourth year. But this franchise, every time you watch it, you notice something different. Or you learn something new. Like, this franchise constantly rewards you with different things, depending on how you watch the movie. They all sit out and Miss Luton tells Mr. Renault to get on the plane because, you know, he's pretty into all the French stuff. Y'all seen he was speaking his little French the entire movie for real. He probably had like three lines of English for real. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) he gets on the plane as a flight attendant is marking flight 180 departed. Billy watches the plane take off and then shortly explode as he braces himself moments before the glass actually shatters and everyone else realizes what happened. This scene stresses me out for so many reasons. We get a lot more foreshadowing in this scene. So I already mentioned how the gates are different, right? You might have noticed that there are pictures in the gate. All the pictures are all of their deaths that are coming in the future. And then they fuck you up even more because they start moving the pictures around in the scene. And at one point, Terry is standing in front of a picture of a bus, which we know how that ends up. And then even Billy, when he's standing by the window and he goes, there they go. And here we stay. And the plane takes off. The plane, the reflection goes right across his face. And cuts the same way that, you know, something else is going to happen to him later. I don't know why I'm acting like y'all don't know we do spoilers. So, yeah, you know, (laughs) when he gets decapitated later, it goes like over the same spot on his face. Like they thought about this movie like there were thoughts. People were working together when this movie came together. Anyway, inside the eerily white. I mean, like this room is like 
scary white. The holding room that they're just sitting in. I don't like that. Like that makes me uncomfortable, white rooms. It makes me think of like not good things. Like a padded cell. Yeah, like I don't like that. So here we meet Agent Ween and Agent Shrek who interrogate Alex and the other survivors. Afterwards, they are reunited with their loved ones. Todd's interview is so sad because you literally see the moment right when he realizes like he saw his brother for the last time. That Mm -hmm. breaks my heart every time I watch it. And even like another part that breaks my heart is when everybody comes in to like get the teams or whatever and nobody comes for clear yeah i was like damn that's so sad but i mean while we're talking about this holding room another running thing throughout this movie in particular is paris so like in the holding room there are clocks at the front of the room there's one for paris the plane itself has a pattern that resembles the flag a bus that comes in later in the movie is the same colorway a train that comes in later on in the movie same colorway And then towards the end of the movie, when Claire gets attacked, like, you know, all that happens, like she's lighting some candles before all that goes down. It's like a whole line of Eiffel Towers, like statues, like somebody would have like decorated in their house. Like Paris is all through this movie. Back at home, after dropping Claire off, Alex comes up to his room and everything literally just sinks in for him. And I just like how, and by like, I mean, I noticed the dad, he's just standing there, hands in his pockets, just nodding his head. Alex is like having a full breakdown. He's just standing there, like, mm-hmm. That's that's something. And it's like I'm laughing, but I feel like my daddy would do the same thing. No, for real. We had a situation like this happen. <laughs> like I was sitting there crying, my mom hugging me, and my dad just standing there. That's what they but then all eventually yes. he'll like. But eventually he'll pipe up and he'll be like, it's going to be okay. It's fine. You know, I didn't want that. He'll like, yes, yes. Okay, some like just motivational. Go buy me like, something. Go bring me some. I don't know. A cup of water. <laughs> something. <laughs> oh, dad. <laughs> but also, um, I don't know. Alex, why are you watching the news? Why, why do you want to relive? Like, can no. Mm-mm-mm-mm. That's some that. But see, that's some shit that I would do. Immediately me. after. I want to know because I want to know everything that happened, especially if like you're skeptical and you're trying to figure out like what the fuck just happened to me. I can see the I'll next like, day. Why did that, that night, baby? What's going mm-hmm. on? No, y'all not hearing from me for the next day. I didn't. I didn't say I'd be sleeping. I would probably be you cuddled up what under else somebody. To do? Like that's all I need at this moment. I just need to know that I am here in this bitch because that was crazy like well the people that he was supposed to be cuddled up with his parents were on the couch where they sleep yes they not girl sleep? knocked out they was not okay <laughs> well not listen he couldn't sleep because he was traumatized so he just wait so you know when he goes over to the window you know because he can't sleep he's just the thunder is just going which first of all the way that it goes on cue because the newscaster is like something something explodes and then the thunder goes Psh! I was like, not Thunder being on beat. But like I said, remember earlier, they didn't know what they was going to do with death, like whether death was going to be like a thing or not a thing. So when Alice goes over to the window and the the lightning is going, they were trying to make the lightning look like a finger pointing at him, like you're next. I'm happy they didn't make that work because that would have made me mad. (laughs) That's also weird into. What's the word? Like, it would have been more like, 
That'd be corny. It would have been more like a skeleton finger because, you know, like bones, like bones and lightning. You can kind of get away with that. Like if you got it looking a certain way, but they couldn't get it to look right. So it's like, I see I the mean, vision, but I don't want the vision. I feel like. No I feel like that would have been corny. I felt that like that would have been corny though, because like I, I like how everything doesn't have a face. Me too. And it's worse. Circumstances are worse when there's not an actual person that you can blame behind it. It's just shit. Circumstance, right? And fate, right? It's exactly. So having a finger would have been a little uh, yeah. would have messed up that feel yeah the next day at the memorial it's all kinds of weird vibes the agents they up in there agenting everybody is literally treating alice like he a psychic or he a criminal like billy asking him about like is he gonna pass his gyrus test like he did this is this gonna happen Todd can't even see his best friend anymore. And for some reason, his dad thinks it's Alex's fault that George died in a plane crash. And I'm just like, that's really messed up for y'all to put that on a teenager like that. And then to not... Like, but how is that his fault? Like, I just didn't understand I did not understand that. Like, the thing was, you heard what Todd... Well, okay, we don't know if the dad heard, but I'm sure that Todd told them that George told Todd to get off the plane. I'm pretty sure y'all had this conversation. So what are you mad at Alex for? Like George chose not to get off the plane. Like George could have got off the plane with his brother. They both could have checked on him, but we're not victim blaming or anything. But, you know, then Miss Luton, oh my God, she straight up says, don't talk to me. You scared the hell out of me. Ma'am, I understand. I understand. But that's a student. That is a teenager. Don't do that to him. Then, oh my God, did you notice that one girl in the first shot, like when we first get to the memorial, there's this girl just staring at him. First of all, yes. And looking like, why is she staring at him like this? And she, she, she's black. So, you know, that stare is loaded. It's vicious. And it was, because I was like, damn, like, what (laughs) was you there? (laughs) Like, did you get off the plane too? Like, what you about to for? Like, wow. But another thing they was going to do that I'm happy that they didn't, they were going to have like the memorial be shot in a more sunnier setting, but on Alex, it was going to be like a shadow of a dark cloud, not like a literal dark cloud over him, but like wherever he would be, it would be like darker around him. Uh, I wouldn't like that. I wouldn't like that either. Can you just imagine? It would have, it would have been like, a comedy corny yeah like i wouldn't like that at all so later on that night well actually at the memorial ty had been given a speech from the school to read at the memorial which first of all that's weird why are y'all writing a speech for him to write like those are his words they was like supposed to make me feel something i'm like how i'm supposed to feel something that's not my words like how y'all just gonna put words in my mouth to tell me how i'm supposed to feel but anyway eerily the speech foreshadows Todd's evening to come. During this, we cut to Alex in his room researching plane crashes until a gust of wind puts a paper in his sight. After seeing a picture of Clear, he does what anybody would do and decides to grab a penthouse mag and get one off. And Al interrupts him, but Alex throws the mag towards it, hitting the fan and shredding the mask into pieces that says Todd landing on his leg. Todd is in the bathroom again 
taking a poop. <laughs> it's like the second time this has happened. Death blows the door shut before this happened. I'm like, you didn't real you you didn't see the door shut because you didn't shut it, Ty. We saw you shutting the window. So you didn't think nothing of that, but all right, whatever. I can say sometimes, you know, when you shut windows, might have like a gut. Maybe his door was a little light. You're right. You know what? Okay. Okay. That you're right. I'll give it that. But still, I'm just like, I was still like, I think that happened. I think that happened to me one time. Uh, I know my dad, my door, like in my parents' house, I would leave my door cracked or slightly closed. Yeah, you're right. But not all the way. And then when they'll close the door to the house, the house, upstairs my room, they'll close the door to the house and then my door shuts. You're right. I have seen this happen before. I guess I was just thinking like me, I would probably like look at the door or like, you know, like I feel like I would have some type of reaction. But what ends up happening is toilet water starts leaking and creeping towards Todd, who is now trimming his nose hairs and playing with the razor. Baby, there was nothing for you to shave. And that's how you just stop it. Don't do that. Turning on the radio to Rocky Mountain High, it spooks him a bit as he walks to the shower. Poor Todd slips on the water as he takes his mom hosiery off of the little laundry line, unable to gain any traction in the tub because like shampoo has like fallen into the tub. He suffocates to death. And this one always messes with me because I'm just like, in my head on the other side, I'm like, if you just calm down, we can figure this out. But it's also like the shampoo is like sliding. He can't get a grip. He can't reach like the scissors on the desk. I'm like, I just feel like had we stopped flailing, maybe it wouldn't yeah. have tightened up. But I feel like maybe we could have like, I don't know, moved it around my head or like rolled over. Like, oh, my God. Like when he first leans forward and the laundry line swings around his neck like that. Oh, oh. And even when his eyes turn red, like that just kills me. And he's fighting so hard for those scissors. His dad is fucking sleep while he's like trying to scream and stuff. It's just, mm -mm. I don't like that. I don't like the fact that I'm just over here fucking hearing noises. I just got creeped out. Oh no. See, see, you see what this movie does? (laughs) Like you were sitting there talking, I heard something. And I turned and looked like, what the fuck is somebody in here with me? I don't have time for this. Mm -hmm. Look, you got me looking at my plants. Like, this to happen. (laughs) Like, I'm just like, ain't none of y'all moving, right? The fan ain't. (laughs) Alex heads to Todd's house, seeing the ambulance, the coroner, and agents are already there. Claire, who's behind a tree, tells him to leave, but Mr. Wagner spots him and blames Alex for Todd unaliving himself. But Alex points out that that can't be true because clearly they had made plans to see each other. So why would Todd unalive himself if we made plans? That don't make sense. The math ain't mathing. It's not. Alex then, the next day, walks to Claire's house while she's welding. 
Alex asks her why she was there at Todd's last night, to which she answers that she knows that agents don't look into teen suicide, noting that, you know, Agent Ween and Shrek were there, which can only mean they still don't know what caused the crash and they're still trying to figure it out. But it doesn't look good that seven people got off the plane after one of the seven had a premonition to make matters even worse. The Premonese bestie just unalived himself. So it's just not looking good all around. I mean, she had a point. A great point. You know, that little springy thing, that little sculpture that, you know, he shows her. I mean, well, she shows Mm -hmm. him. They literally just added that into the scene. Don't ask me why, but they just added it into the scene for whatever reason. (laughs) Now, I'm going to tell you something about that sculpture a little bit later, but they just added it like hmm, let me just put this here so alex never having dealt with death before is convinced that you know this cannot be a coincidence so he wants to see todd again and claire takes him on an adventure like you know girls be like i know a place and then we'll take you there <laughs> okay i know we'll play so she takes him to a funeral home intro to mr blood Worth. Once they break into the funeral home, they find Todd, and this is where we get our intro to Mr. Bloodworth. They learn that Todd has cuticle lacerations from pulling onto the wire, meaning he didn't kill himself. It was an accident. But Mr. Bloodworth states that in death, there are no accidents, coincidences, mishaps, or escapes. The risk of cheating the plan, of disrespecting the design, could incite a fury that can terrorize even the Grim Reaper. If you mess with the original plan, basically, death is coming back tenfold is what he's telling them. So when Alex asks, if you can figure out the design, can you cheat death? Mr. Bloodworth tells him that he already did, but Todd dying shows that there's a new design in place and Alex needs to figure that out. Then Mr. Bloodworth says, what I say to you lovely survivors every single show, I'll see you soon. I don't know if y'all knew where that's where I got it from, but that's my love letter to the franchise and y'all time out time out y'all let's rewind do y'all ever notice when mr bloodworth is talking to alex and clear his eyes turn black no now check this out his eyes don't really turn black it's just because the way he's facing there's no light on his face and there's no light under him either and it's so dark And you know how Tony Todd does. Like, he's very intense. You know how he is. Yeah. So the way he's squinting through his eyes, you don't see the whites of his eyes. You only see his pupil, but the whites that are there, it's, like, dark. So it just looks like his eyes go black for a hot-ass minute. And I'm just, like, it's like demon. You know how demons do when their eyes just go black? Yeah. It looks like that, but they really aren't black. It just girl it's i don't know it's just a little tinge of the movie the next time y'all watch it look at that scene and y'all gonna see exactly what i'm talking about his eyes aren't like blackity black but you just so you like wait a minute wait a minute you like do a double take and you gotta like it's like a mind fuck with your eyes like you gotta watch it but then the thing about it when bloodworth like pulls that thing out of todd's neck he's like you don't even want to f with that mac daddy and does that it kills me when Alice goes, okay, uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he 
was like, okay, you know what? I might be white, but I know what time to fucking go, okay? And that was my cue. I don't know if you noticed, but when Mr. Bloodworth first comes out, did you notice, like, it looks like he's coming out of a cave? Yeah, it was a little weird. I was like, where the fuck did he come from? But I enjoy seeing him on screen. I was like, you know, watching this movie, it's been a long ass time since I watched it. So I actually low-key forgot what happened. Mm. <laughs> so it was kind of like a, a a first experience again, even though it wasn't a first experience. It was like I was watching it for the first time all over again. It was a revisit. So yeah, so originally when they were like setting up that whole mortuary, morgue, funeral home, whatever you want to call it, that specific door they was like you know what let's just leave this undone (laughs) and the logic behind it was like I said you know they didn't know if Mr. Bloodworth was going to end up being death incarnate because okay here's the thing this is what I wanted to get to everybody always has all these theories about who Mr. Bloodworth is and as you go through the franchise you know things happen things might not happen I don't want to spoil nothing for nobody but you know Everybody has these theories about him and what they think he is. Like, is he actually death? Like, does he transform and do this shit? Or like, is he the harbinger? Like, what, what's up? What's going on? So, you know, like I said, the producers that time, they didn't know either. So they was like, okay, well, when we see him for the first time, let's just have him coming out this door that kind of looks like a cave <laughs> into the I regular world. They, <laughs> they like, I mean, a lot of movies be like that though, but it's crazy because this movie, usually when movies do that, and they leave stuff behind, you notice that. And you'd be like, okay, well, this was probably supposed to be a such and such and such and such. But then when you get movies like this and it actually works out in its favor, you get people like me who are rediscovering, or not rediscovering, who are discovering things 20 years later that people might not have picked up on. Or like, I mean, through the years of me watching the movie, I've collected all of this info, but even on my most recent watch, I'm picking up stuff that I didn't see before. And I'm just like, dang, that's wild. But that's what makes a rewatchable movie. This is true. So sometime later, Alex and Clear go out for coffee, where he tries to explain his theory. And Clear is still in disbelief. But in an odd twist of fate, they literally end up meeting all the remaining survivors. Carter, again, picks a fight with Alex, and Terry has had enough. She tells him off and walks off, as a dramatic girlfriend does. And as soon as she steps into the street, a bus smacks into her. And to be petty, it's called getting Terry Chaney, not Regina George. I just wanted to throw that out there. But this scene... It made me jump, because, again, it was like watching it for the first time. And also, I was like, <laughs> well, I was like, so is he dreaming again? But then I realized, no, it was real. No, baby, that happened. Like, right in front of everybody. Like, everybody on the <laughs> everybody on the corner seen that. Everybody saw that. That happened. Damn. Listen. So previously, when Alex and Claire were talking, the scene was a little bit longer. And it was, like, pointing out more Easter eggs. Like, he was going to point out that it was 46 students that went to Paris. We were at gate 46. All the stuff that I just told you, like, way earlier in the back day. But they was like, okay, you know what? Let's cut this out. And I'm glad they cut that out because it's more fun that we get to find those things versus them telling us these things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Especially, like, survivors. Y'all know I'm an Easter egg girl. Like, especially my Patreon survivors. Like, y'all know me. I'm always pointing out something or looking for something. But 
this bus scene, let's talk about it. This bus scene, first of all, they called themselves out, like the producers, the writers. They was like, okay, I don't know if y'all can see this, but we kind of messed ourselves up because how did the bus hit her? Because when you look across the street where the bus should have been coming from, there's construction. Like the whole street is blocked off. Right. So where did the bus come from? Because you can't be going that fast making the right turn unless you're out here in Baltimore because these buses are fucking wild. So that probably could have happened. <laughs> but, and that's why you're laughing because you know I'm telling the truth. These buses <laughs> wild out here. Like why? They, they will literally try to run you off the road. I'm just like, what is your plate number, honey? I'm reporting you because you are doing a lot. But Step off the sidewalk at the wrong time. Let me tell you something, okay? Last thing I want to mention about this scene is Alex actually has a seven, like a blood splatter seven on his face. And it wasn't done on purpose. It just happened. And it's odd because it was seven. Yes, I'm like, see, you know what? I'm glad there's not one of them like cursed movie things, even though a lot of those cursed movies, a lot of them have been debunked, but it's still just kind of like, ooh, I don't like that. This bus scene caused a lot of commotion. And I think I was about to say this earlier and I just didn't get to it. They had to add an entire scene in between this bus scene over to the next one because in the test screening, like the audience was losing their shit (laughs) when Terry got hit. So the next scene is the Alka-Seltzer scene when they're like, you know, I'll take that. I call it witch's brew because that's what the fuck it looked like. And it tastes like chalk. I don't know why people do Alka-Seltzer like why do you do that but yeah the witches brew when they're both taking it they had to add that in originally it was supposed to just start at Alex watching like the news and him finding the uh pattern that he's going to use that tells him where everybody was sitting in the crash course of the line but they was like yeah we got to add this Alka-Seltzer scene because they can't calm down <sighs> we got to give them something <laughs> <laughs> So that's where that scene came from that leads to that. So what Alex ends up realizing once he copies down, you know, the flight plan off of the computer screen, he realizes that Mrs. Luton is next. So whole time, Mrs. Luton is packing up everything, leaving it all behind. And I don't blame her, even though it is kind of sad because she's been there all her life. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. That was traumatizing. Right. While she's on the phone with her friend, Laura, she peeps Alex walking outside of her house. And first of all, let me tell you, a white woman that's scared, don't nobody move faster than a white woman that's scared, okay? She had the FBI mm-hmm. on speed dial, okay? On the hotline, pretty Ricky. And they swiftly pulled up. Like, they pulled up so quick to snatch him up. And when Agent Shrek threw him in the backseat, like, he wasn't supposed to do that for real. Like, he really threw him, <laughs> And nobody knew he was going to do that. So, like, when you watch that scene and you see how hard he throw him, you be like, damn. Like, he don't even look at him when he do it. He, like, looking away from him. He probably was going to laugh, like, if he looked at him. But they just kept the shot. I'm, like, I be liking when stuff like that happens. Like, when actors kind of, like, make choices, but they're good choices. It kind of, like, adds more charm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm just still mad at her because it's just like you she was annoying. You acting like you can he could actually cause the plane to crash. Exactly. And then he made the homegirl and then he made homegirl walk in front of the bus. Oh my god. I want to talk about that. You know what? When they interrogate him, they talk, he's telling them about the pattern, like 
Everybody has a design, which I mean, depending on what you believe in, that is technically true. So Agent Ween is just like, you know, you were there when the plane crashed. We talked about this. Then your best friend unalived himself. Then you were there with Terry Cheney. You were there. They said it like he pushed her. Right. I'm like, what are y'all trying to get at? And now we find you. At and then if he did push her. Everybody else would have said it. Exactly. And nobody, everybody probably. Because it was more than just them that was there. It was people at the cafe, construction workers. Somebody would have saw if he actually, in fact, pushed her. Exactly. So I'm like, what are you nowhere near her? Nowhere near her. What's his face probably pushed Carter. Exactly. Because they had literally just got done arguing. Like, make it make sense. Okay. I'm like, y'all are lousy agents. But then it's even. When Agent Shrek was like, I almost believed him. And Adrian Ween is like, you creep me out. I'm just like, I would have listened to him because clearly y'all see something is going on and it can't be him. Until this next thing happens, because I just want to talk, Alex. Just we about to get to that. So back at Miss Luton's, peep the wind that's coming from nowhere, because, baby, that window is closed. Like we all saw it. So you already know what that means. Like death is about to get to work. After spooking herself with a mug adorned with the high school's logo, she trades in her hot water for cold alcohol, which cracks the mug, leaving a trail all the way to her computer that ends up short-circuiting because all that liquid spilled inside, this causing the computer to explode, sending a chart of glass into Miss Luton's throat. Now trailing blood everywhere, she stumbles to the kitchen, as does a trail of fire from the computer explosion, all the way to the gas stove that also explodes, sending Miss Luton down to the ground. Unable to stand up, she reaches for the towel and she also pulls down her knife block as the Michael Myers knife stabs her in the chest. Alex arrives just to see the scene, just as a shelf falls down and causes another explosion. It was a lot of explosions going on. Mm. <laughs> this time, knocking the chair into the Michael Myers knife that's lodged into Mrs. Luton's chest, killing her. Again, Alex tries to help, but literally makes matters worse by even exactly. grabbing the bloody Michael Myers knife with matching bloody footprints. Him just being there was just just dumb. Exactly. Like, why would you go back? You just should have let it happen so they can see something was going to happen. But exactly. He ends up realizing, like, I just grabbed this knife and doesn't even take it with him. Like, well, I guess taking it with him probably would have made it worse. But leaving an air base right. even worse. Like, huh. He runs outside coincidentally into Billy, who's just riding around getting it off the late night, right as the house blows up. Now, there's a lot going on with this scene because we just talked about a lot before all the chaos happens in miss luton's house there's a book so remember um how i was talking about in devin's room there's a book death of a salesman miss luton has that book but she also has another book that's titled in game in paris and we know the movie ends in paris i was like did y'all think it out or was that really just there because that's a lot going on here so mm-hmm. then her door, when she's like fixing the computer, if you look at the door in the back, there's a stained glass image of a knife that's like pointing down, like it's going to stab her in the back. Damn. So last thing, and this is a nitpick because I just want to see like how you feel about it. You know that part when she like switches the hot water for the alcohol and it cracks. So it's like leaking everywhere. Would you have noticed that? 
Yeah. The producers, they was like, I feel like they should have rewrote that part and did something with that. Because it's like, those leaks are so obvious. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, like, I would have felt that. But, however, I have had a few moments. If I am in the kitchen. Because I would have noticed that it cracked immediately. Really? Because how the heck? Yes, because how the heck? it does something like that crack like that fast like I get it because it was hot you just had something hot in it and now you put something cold in it but glass normally would have cracked faster than that than ceramic so and mugs are normally sturdy Mm-hmm. for the most part yeah depending. so i would have noticed that especially if because you would have heard a crack and then it, me i'm always barefoot so if i pick up something and it's leaking i would have felt it on my foot first of all i don't care barefoot or with it wet socks are the worst like bare feet being wet that too that's one thing but socks that's another level of hell that i don't want to go to i was gonna say that sometimes and I know some of y'all do it out there, so don't judge me. If I'm in the kitchen and I'm like, say if I just did a workout in the living room and I'm like trying to like run to get a cup of water because I don't have water bottles or whatever have you. And I'm like trying to go down the water. Sometimes the water does spill down the side of my face. But obviously I'm aware of that and I'm doing that and I know I'm about to clean it up. But this, I'm like, girl, you just walking around with this leaking mug. I feel like you would have felt them splashes somewhere you would have been like hmm, right. what's this later on the agents are interrogating clear at her place she tells the agents that she hasn't seen alice because they aren't talking at the moment and they leave their contact with her so okay you remember earlier i was telling you about that like sculpture thingy that they just added yeah so i don't know if you noticed during the conversation that shrek and ween are having with her Agent Shrek turns around and looks at one of her sculptures and he's like, interesting work. There was a deleted scene where Claire, you know, like she stay over like by the beach. Apparently she stays like close enough to the airport that some of the debris from the flight like washed up over in her area. All of those little metal things she's been welding is debris from the damn flight. Wow. That's a different type of I don't even know what to call that. That's a different type of That's something. That's weird. Yes. I'm just like, I would, why would you, girl, you went to the beach, picked up that debris and brought it to your house and welded. Like, isn't that evidence? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These like, agents ain't agenting right. Like, what is happening here? <laughs> so Billy Carter and Claire end up meeting at the memorial. Carter, again, being a dick to Billy and wants to vandalize the memorial by adding Terry's name. Claire has Carter drop her off to throw out the agents who are now trying to, you know, they're trying to follow her and stuff. She disappears into the thick of the bush, meeting Alex hiding on the other side out at the beach. They speak about a tangent universe and Claire becomes the 2000s Phoebe Cates and gives us a sad story about the death of her dad. I don't know if you remember Phoebe Cates, but you remember Homegirl from Gremlins, who Daddy and the yeah. Chimney. Yeah, it was, this was yeah. just like that. Damn. This was also going to be where we got the scene of them having a sexy time that led to the baby, but they cut all that out. Damn. Well, not damn. Yay. Yes, because I didn't want that. <laughs> 
they meet back up with the group where they decide to take Alex to clear his dad's cabin. It comes out that Billy is the one that snitched on Alex being the one running out of Miss Luton's house. But Carter gets to the real question. Did you know Miss Luton was next before she was? Everybody waits for an answer and Alex is like, yes. The, like you could tell everybody in the car was like, oh shit. Like you, the energy instantly changed. He was like, I knew y'all. I knew it. Still, Alex insists on not telling who's next because, I mean, honestly, he really don't know. This sends Carter into a frenzy, a spiral of rage. This nigga starts driving like a madman through these streets. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't play with that. I don't. Don't ever be driving crazy with me while you got me in the car. No, 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 no. That's something I do not like at all. So many things can happen. That is so dangerous to be playing around with also you know the part during this scene where carter like elbows billy in the mouth yeah they had to add that because in real life sean william scott had like a cold sore and they like couldn't really cover it with makeup so they was like well let's just give him a scar how can we do this okay let's knock him in the mouth let's do that that's how that came about it's like you really don't first of all you don't really notice it like the sore in the first place unless you like just staring at them anyway because I didn't know that was a thing until I looked at them I was like oh that's what that is hmm. wow Carter decides to stop on an active train track which is again that is so dangerous like you cannot be doing that at first he locks everyone in but then lets them out and still sits inside Everyone tries to get him out, but of course he has to prove a point and get out on his own terms. However, his car stalls as he tries to turn it. Alex struggles to break his seatbelt and get him out just seconds before the 747 train. Ah, wink, wink, 747. Remember, they were on a Boeing 747 plane. Train obliterates the car two smithereens like i i still don't know every time i watch that scene i'm like how the fuck did somebody not lose a leg or something like that was hair line seconds to not getting fucked up by this train i thought they died i knew they didn't die but like that was just too close it was too close that's just not realistic it's not like because you have to think about it. Even if the seatbelt did break, you still have to pull him out the car, like the whole lower half out the car. Right. Like, that's just wild. Everybody realizes that death skipped Carter because Alex intervened. Billy, spooked by it all, turns to leave the scene as a blade from the car shoots from under the train tracks and decapitates half of his head. This shit? Uh-uh. Because it's like, you know, they show us the blade, but you don't know what's about to happen. Everybody's just freaking out. Right. Carter done fucking peed on himself. Like, everything is happening. And then the blade just comes out of nowhere. But also, rewind. Alex, you low-key did this. Not for real, but not for real. Not for real. Let me pick my words wisely. When they first got out the car and Alex was like, Carter, get out and close the door. Why you close the door? You could have at least left the door open so he could have got out. But I mean, he was bound in there by the seatbelt. So I guess that probably wouldn't have helped either. But you could have left it open, boo. Like, you know. Yeah. Poor thing. With the police on the way, Alex and Claire leave the scene as 
Carter stays behind. I just want to know, like, how the fuck did that go? Like, how did that even go? Like, you just got poor Billy decapitated on the side of the road and you standing here. Your car is blown to smithereens. Like, what the fuck are you about to tell the police? Like, what, how, what are you even thinking at this moment? Not thinking anything. Back at Claire's dad's cabin, Alex safe proofs the cabin, taking every precaution, every corner, every inch, down to wearing gloves while eating. And speaking of, he's only eating soft foods. Okay, so it took me forever, forever, because I always wanted to know what the fuck was he eating in this can? Because it's not like you like see the label or anything. And it looks disgusting. Like, and even when he eats it, he looks like it's not like it looks soft, but it looks like he got some type of crush to it. I'm like, what the fuck is that? So originally it was chicken spread. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? That sounds like something I don't want. Like, what is chicken spread? Chicken spread. I don't know. Let me Google it. So basically chicken spread is like a chicken salad kind of so the one that you buy from the store already pre-made is kind of like a chicken salad now they have recipes that you can make yes so they have something called deviled ham spread And then there's the chicken spread, which is white meat. So, so it's kind of like, I don't want to say it's like spam because it's not like spam, but let me read what, let's look at the devil. I'm going to let y'all in on the secret. When I was really, really young and it was the nineties, so we didn't know no better because we were invincible. I ate spam with crackers. My mom eats spam. Yeah. I used to eat them little vegan sausages out the can. And that's good. So basically, it's ham seasoning for the, the ham one. It's like ham seasoning and some other stuff. Mm. But it's basically like a chicken salad. Mm. Well, he ain't like in it. Like, Devin Salad didn't like it in real life. So they replaced it with tapioca pudding. And every time I hear tapioca pudding, I think of Hey Arnold. But still, the word tapioca is so weird to me. It just sounds like something i, I think tapioca is disgusting yeah it just sounds like nasty and i don't want that <laughs> death comes in the cabin alerting alex who instantly peeps the little rube goldberg situation happening right in front of him and is able to stop it before anything happens meanwhile claire walks around her empty home it's so sad she really like by herself like this is so sad looking at a picture of her and her dad on a fishing trip before she meets up with the agents who still want her to snitch, but she gonna hold her man down. She gonna stand beside him. It ain't no snitch in her blood. Back at the cabin. Did she really? I know she made a deal. She kind of like, I was trying to, okay. I was really trying to figure out like, was this on purpose or no? And I still can't figure it out. I don't know. I don't know. I got logic behind this, but I'll get there. Alex sees a memorial for Krista and Blake under an article about Miss Luton. This sparks his memory that he technically didn't switch seats when he got off the plane, meaning Claire would have been in front of him, not behind him, meaning she's next, not him. He leaves the cabin and the police swoop 
on him real quick, like super quick. Alex escapes on a boat across. First of all, I was dying when this dude jumped in this boat and started row, row, rowing his boat across this lake. I was like, damn, them eyes is working. <laughs> <laughs> and ends up running on foot to Clear's house almost. Oh, my God. When he tumbles down like the woods and almost smashes into that tree, girl, my breath was out of my body. Like my whole soul was out of my body. Every time I see that scene, because it's like everything's all amped up, right? And I was going to wait to get into this, but I can't. Everything is all super amped, right? And when you see him fall down, you're just like, damn, what's about to happen? Soon as like the camera stops and he's right in front of that tree, it's like a release. It's like you can take a breath. And I know, like, even for the actor, because, you know, obviously he's supposed to be acting out a character. Like, you got to imagine, like, what's going on through his head? I know he's thinking, like, damn, like, how many times am I going to be seconds away from dying? And even throughout this whole scene, like, we haven't really gotten into it, but we're about to. Throughout this whole scene, death is, like, playing tag with Claire and Alex. Tag. You're it. Exactly. Like, no, for real. Because when you think about it, okay, so the whole time Alex is in the woods, right? I'm going to make this quick. Whole time Alex is in the woods, what I just said with the tree stump happens. Then literally a little bit later, lightning zaps the tree, making the tree fall on top of Alex and literally like choke him into the mud. Like he barely makes it out of there. Then you guys- Girl, I was like, how long is he going to be in that fucking mud? Listen. <laughs> like what the hell? Literally get it out the mud. Okay. Like you, and you hear the gurgling and that's what makes it even more intense. Then on the other side of town, clear, she's going through a whole damn madhouse right now. Like she, okay. So first of all, when she was inside a whole power line, went down right so the power line is just going on her dog is going off she don't even realize like you know she's like okay cool so then after a while the dog is all super hyped that's when she realizes that the power line and her puppy they not seeing eye to eye so she got to go downstairs and she's trying to get him in she's trying to unchain him she's struggling Soon as she struggles, the fucking pool breaks, sending water everywhere. This power line is still going, but Claire is able to send her dog off, get her ass up a ladder on the side of the house. Like I said, Death is still trying to play with Alex. Then it comes back to her. She going through a whole madhouse, climbs through her window. Lights are exploding everywhere. Like the whole house is just fucking trying to kill her. She ends up in a garage, right? So she backs out. The garage opener is not working because the power is out. So she just backs out into the garage, which makes the like whole garage thing come down into her windshield. So she can't even like move like she's stuck where she's at. Like this whole shit was crazy. Alex is able to finally get to her. The police are hot on his tracks. So he's like, OK, look, you stuck in this car. You can't get out the car because like if you get out, shit's going to happen. OK, Whole time that she was like moving. Think it's real. Exactly. Whole time she was like trying to like back out the garage. She knocked over a can of gas. So it's like fire all around the car. Like it's a lot happening. So Alex is like, look, the only way you're going to get out this car is if I grab this power line. Soon as I grab the power line, you have to get the fuck out the car so I can drop the power line to get my ass the fuck. So what ends up happening is... Alex grabs the power line. Claire gets out, but the car fucking explodes, blowing Alex into the garage, 
on the cement ground, unconscious. Like, it's just wild. The screen goes white and fades into what looks like a hospital hallway, but it's actually an airport tunnel in Paris. First of all, this scene, it doesn't always get me because obviously I know what happened, but it still plays with you because you really for two seconds think like this dude died and like now we're in like the after or something like I don't know what's about to happen. Yeah, I thought that too a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm totally, I'm telling you, I forgot the movie. <laughs> Carter, Claire, and Alex, who survived his injuries, are now in Paris six months later. The three have dinner outside of the mural 81 to celebrate life. And then Alex becomes that friend. You know how you just be at dinner and it's always that one friend I just got to bring up some conspiracy theories or like just something like it's, it's always that one friend like sports like they just they just they just do it. It's probably me with horror movies and I'm sorry, but <laughs> but he hears a French cover of Rocky Mountain High and he just like, OK, now, wait a minute. Hold up. I got this paper, y'all. Look at this. Now, what if this happened? And his, you know, Clear and Carter, they just like, dude, maybe we were meant to get off the plane. You know, let's just come on. But Carter, he instigating, talking about, I mean, you could be next, though, you know, might be. <laughs> Alice gets a little fill of wind that knocks over the red wine that they were enjoying, spilled on the spot where he's marked at. He leaves Carter and Clear, and he's just like, you know, I just stay where y'all at. I got to go. And finally, it becomes clear to clear who just barely saves Alex from getting hit by a bus that instead hits a pole that swings up into the air, smashing into the mural 81 sign that swings down straight into a stunned Alex. Like he, he was fully ready to accept the fact that this thing was about to swing in front of him. He was not about to move. Like he was shook in his tracks and I felt it until Carter intervenes this time, meaning Alex is now skipped. Wondering who is next, the Miro 81 sign swings back into Carter, killing him. Damn. And that was Final Destination, y'all. This movie, this movie just, ta- I, I really want to know what it was like seeing this movie in 2000 because Y'all would like in this franchise, even as we go through our years, like so many things are connected to this franchise. Which one's the most alive? Do exactly that's what I was going to bring up. Everybody, <laughs> literally nobody, and no, John, I'm gonna need you to know your final destination movies. Um, being on a final destination podcast, I need you to know your movies, but um, no, that's too, <laughs> but no, everybody, literally nobody is going to drive behind a log of chucks because of this franchise like it's so many things people aren't doing anymore because of this damn franchise and i don't know if any of y'all know this we getting the sixth one um is that exceed your franchise quota see i don't i don't know i'm sitting here like conflicted like i don't i don't mm-hmm. i really i i don't know because i don't even think i saw the fifth one <gasps> you need to Oh my gosh. No, go fix that. Go fix that right now. You have oh tell you, I don't remember. I am so I rem- glad I went into this because I was full on, once again, assuming I was full on just about to get up in here and be like talking stuff about the entire franchise and small little tidbits, not for real. Cause like I said, when we get to those movies, we get to those movies. But no, ma'am. No, no, no. The whole franchise really is on HBO Max. The whole franchise is on HBO Max. 
You have to go correct that wrong. We're not doing this. You have I to. Really, like when I say, just like how you said earlier, when sometimes the movies go in and out, that that is what be happening to me. Because it's been so long. I watch these. I see. I know I see this franchise every year. I know I do. <laughs> like, I know I probably watched this movie specifically. I probably, this probably actually because of the podcast, it's probably like my fifth time seeing it. But before the podcast, I probably have seen it three times already this year. <laughs> I know I've seen this one and I've seen two earlier this year. I don't think, did I have? Oh, I have seen it. I had to go look at pictures to to jog my memory. Yeah, I've seen it. I think I've seen five this year too, actually. I think I watched five for some odd reason. Don't ask me why, but I did. But yeah, no, this franchise is literally the franchise that keeps on giving. I, throughout the whole show, y'all know how I do when it comes to my thoughts. I feel like I can't give you my thoughts because I've been telling you this entire time, but I don't know, this one, because this one, when it comes to the post-screen era, this one broke the rules. Like, it didn't have, like, a physical slasher. This was the one that was actually able to, like, break out of the chokehold of, like, being a movie like um, Valentine or Cherry Falls or any of those other movies. And it's like, I like those movies. There's nothing wrong with those movies. But we all know the stigma that comes with post-screen movies. We like, okay, this is just a ripoff of screen. This one does something slightly different that gives you something different to fear. Because, no, you're not escaping death. Like, that's that's a done deal, boo. Yeah, it's just it. Everybody does. Yeah, that's literally just it, honey. Final Destination got a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb, a 35 on Rotten Tomatoes, fuck y'all, and a 36 on the TV Guide. I don't even know who that is, but fuck y'all too. And an 89%. You don't know who the TV Guide is? Like, is that the one that used to make us wait for the marathon yeah. and scrolly? Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know if, like that was associated. I just thought a new thing was TV Guide. Well, still, I'm going to act like I don't know y'all. Fuck y'all for that square. Um <laughs> 89% of Google users liked this movie. And I mean, okay, so y'all, y'all probably wonder how we're going to do this. We're just going to rate it because I mean, why not? I didn't even know that we were rating it. Yeah. Oh my God. Because, uh, you know, I was just like, it is like the anniversary episode. It's not like it's part of the season, but I mean, might as well. We'll just, I don't, I don't know if it'll be added to season two's ranking, but I mean, I still think we should give it a fair rating. Um, wow. I don't feel prepared. <laughs> I feel like I put on the spot the pressure. Um, I'm going to give it 85. I can move with that. So obviously, as y'all can hear, this is definitely a top movie of mine. It's my number two favorite franchise. With that being said, this is going to be my second 100 tickets on the podcast. Because this movie always does it for me. Like I said, I love a movie that rewards rewatches. Every time you watch this movie, you're going to find something new. You're going to learn something new. I don't know. It's just, and this movie genuinely will scare the hell out of you. I mean, after you've seen it once, you're like, okay, I'm over it. But you still, y'all know every time when y'all do the most mundane things, y'all probably be thinking like, damn, did I just set off like a Rube Goldberg thing that's going to result in some shit later? I guess we will find out when it happens, but I don't know. That's just how I feel. That's just what it is. 
It's just what it is. It is. You ready to head off to the souvenir shop? Yes, ma'am. It seems you survived. Well, before you go, join us in the souvenir shop. As much as I gushed about this movie and I've been so excited to do it, I really don't have a souvenir because I was just like, what could you possibly want? <laughs> do you want a plane ticket? Like, I would be freaked out if I got any type of, like, anything <laughs> from this movie. I'd be like, now, wait a minute. What if this is marked? I don't know. But. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to the cover, this one is always one. Like I said, this movie always just been here for me. And it definitely gives you the screen vibes. I read all of the movies, like, in the late 90s. You know, they have the floating heads. But this one, it has different variations. So you might have, like, the floating heads. Or you might see the one that has like half of their face, half skeleton. That one bothers me because I'm just like, damn. Like, it's like letting you know that we all marked. And I'm like, I don't like that. <laughs> that's, we can leave that. Like, that's kind of, I'm getting goosebumps. All right. You ready for park announcements? Because I'm not, I'm, no, 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 yes. I'm not doing this. All right, y'all, we finally did it. We tackled the one that y'all have been waiting for. I can't wait until we get into Final Destination 2 next October. But before we get there, y'all already know we will be back for season two on Johnny's birthday. That is 11-23. Make sure you mark that down. But in the meantime, if you missed us, if you want to hear from us, hit us up on our Patreon. The link is in the show notes. Like, literally, all the reviews, all the stuff that has come out in October, there are reviews for that. There are so many tiers with different things that you can get access to. And we're making it worthwhile. And I'm constantly changing and adding stuff. So y'all know how I do. You always going to get a good time. The lowest tier starts at $3. And you can see what that is with the link in the bio or down in the show notes, whichever one you want to prefer. Don't forget, by the time y'all hear this, it is going to be the 25th. Or if you're a Patreon exclusive, it'll be earlier. But anyway, you know, I want to know how y'all been doing for 31 Days of Brides. I've been seeing some good stuff. And I want to see how y'all going to come for this last week because there's a lot of stuff going on with this week. You can join us on our IG, Twitter, and our new TikTok at D180Podcast. If you want to hit us up on our email, if you want to collab or you want to throw some sponsorships our way or something like that, you can email us at Destination180Podcast at gmail.com. And I think that about wraps it up for this anniversary episode. <sighs> Until next time, survivors. Bye. We'll see you soon.